0: Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you today. Hey, real quick, uh, man, the Living Water Trip is an awesome opportunity to serve. Uh, that's one of our global, global partners, and uh, this church has been building these wells or digging these wells for quite a few years. Uh, at the end of our service today, Bernie will actually be out in the lobby. He'd love to answer your questions. Uh, if you want more information, talk to him, get more information from him. Uh, we'd love to see that team expand, especially, listen to me, if you're younger, uh, we'd love to see some younger people go and be a part of this. And that well is paid for this year. We took care of that back in December. Uh, we've got some money set aside to hopefully help some of you who may have some financial questions about that to, to help you go. And uh, and so we're working to make this uh, a trip that anybody can go to. So make sure you stop by and talk to Bernie today. Hey, one more time. Today's PG 13. Did you get that? Okay. I'm getting real sweaty up here for some reason. I'm not sure why. Whew. All right. So today we continue this series called Life Hacks. So if you have not been here, if this is your first time here, we are talking about life hacks uh, over the past uh, few weeks. And we've been talking about hacking time and hacking stress, hacking decisions. Last week we talked about hacking money. And today we're going to talk about hacking marriage, okay? We're going to talk about hacking marriage. Now, when we talk about hacking marriage, you've probably heard some good life hacks when it comes to marriage. And we've even talked about this. We've had a couple of series since I've been here on marriage. We've talked about the importance of of going out on date nights. We've talked about the importance of holding hands. We've talked about the importance of of giving each other notes and and just affirming each other and who you are. Uh, One group, one person who who sent me some life hacks for marriage said, hey, kissing is important for marriage. I'm like, it really is. and then he proceeded to tell me that I think about eight, 10 years ago, their life group did a whole series on kissing. That's pretty cool. Until he told me the last night they had demonstrations of different types of kisses. And I was like, wow, maybe we should do that. More people get in the life group so they knew that was going to happen. But, uh, but I mean, there's all these great things when it comes to, to marriage hacks. But this topic today is one that I believe is so important to marriage. Um, because there's such a lack of it in marriage that it's killing marriages. And I believe it's a spiritual issue, too. So this morning, here's what we're going to talk about. Let me tell you two things you do not talk about in church, okay? The first one's politics. You don't talk politics. But that's why, right before the elections, we're going to do a political series, okay? Already working on that one. I'm excited for that one. The church will probably decrease in size dramatically. But uh, that's okay. We're going to have fun with that. But that's coming in, in October. The other topic is sex okay so over the next few moments you're gonna hear that word sex a lot like a whole lot like if this is a drinking game you would not leave here sober okay <laughs> that's what we're going to talk about because it's such an important part of, of marriage now a couple things i want to share with you one i am not a sex therapist okay i didn't play one on tv i didn't sleep at a holiday inn express last night I'm not a sex therapist. I've done some research on this. It's been fun, but I've done some research on this. Uh, I've gotten some input from some people I trust, uh, women, men, uh, therapists, so I I feel good about this material today. Uh, The other thing is, I'm going to ask you to stay with me the best you can. Uh, For some of you in here, that word sex is the first time you may have ever heard that word said within the church setting before. Uh, but we're gonna talk about that over the next few moments. And there's this path that we're gonna take that that I believe in the end is gonna take us, should take us exactly where I believe God intends for us to go. Uh, and so just stay with me. Don't get all sweaty and squirmy. That's my job up here today to do that. Okay. So here's where we're gonna begin. How did you first learn about sex? Think back. Some of you that's a long time ago. Some of you that's pretty recent. Uh, some of us learned on the playground right (laughs) that wasn't what mom and dad intended in fact that happened to one of our kids about a year and a half before we intended on talking to her about sex she comes home and says hey so-and-so just told me about this thing called sex hey mom thankfully hey mom can you tell me more about this and so we had to talk through that process and what that was all about with her for others of us we learned about sex through culture uh, we watched TV, we watched movies, uh, maybe it was music, maybe it was pornography, whatever it may have been, your learning of sex came from culture. Nobody else gave you the, the time of day when it came to that, so you learned on your own in that ma- method. For others of you, maybe it was like me, I learned from my parents, uh, thankfully. some one of those days my dad I came home from school and he's like, hey Chad, let's go get some ice cream. I'm like, awesome, because we never did that. Uh, my mom was in school, we had pretty tight finances. My dad was a pastor that wasn't making a whole lot of money at the time. And so um, he's like, hey, let's go get some ice cream. Like, this is awesome. Spending some time with my dad, I get some ice cream. And so we get in the car, we go to Dario, which if you're ever in the Winston-Salem area of North Carolina, go to Dario. But you went to Dario, we got ice cream, we went and sat in the car and dad's like, hey, I want to talk to you about sex. It was the worst tasting ice cream I've ever had in my entire (laughs) life. I don't even know if I finished it that day pastor buddy of me told me that uh, his dad one day set him in front of the TV, grabbed a VHS tape, and it's not what you think before you go there, but he grabbed a VHS tape, put it in, pushed play, and for the next two hours he watched a PBS special on sex. He's like, this is how I learned about sex. And when it was over with, my dad looked at me and was like, hey, do you have any questions? He's like, nope, I think I'm good. <laughs> I mean, maybe that was the experience you had. But there's one place that this topic is rarely talked about, and I think it's the place that it needs to be talked about more than any other. Um, it's this place right here. It's the church. That this is the place that we should be having conversations and discussion about sex. Because I believe, and I'm going to talk about this in a second, this is an incredible gift that God has given us. But the church has painted this in a pretty, pretty negative light. And maybe your experience in church was that sex is dirty. Sex is shameful. Sex is just something that you do for procreation. It's something you should feel guilty about. Let's just be really honest. Hey, there's only one position when it comes to sex, and that's it. And and so these are the conversations that you've had in the in the church setting. And maybe the pastor got up on stage and talked about his great marriage, right? He's got this smoking hot wife, and they have great sex. And you're sitting there in the seats, and you're like, "Who are these people? I, I mean, this is not this is not reality. I, I can't. Are they supernatural?" Because you're like, I don't make this connect because that's not my life. That's not my sexual life with my spouse. And so these images that we have from the church many times are, are not the images, I think, that are intended by God. And so sex is something that is missing in so many marriages. It's a struggle in so many marriages. But I will tell you that you want to talk about a hack for marriage that is important. It's sex. And so this morning we're going to focus on that. In the United States, there are 113 million married couples. 20% of these 113, mari- 113 million married couples have sex less than 10 times a year. In her book, Breaking Busy, Allie Worthington says this. Says, Research- excuse says, researchers have identified a scary fact. If couples don't have sex at least once a month, it is a strong indicator of marital unhappiness and impending divorce. Sometimes we kind of push it to the side and don't really think about it, and yet as we look at research, as we look at statistics, as as we look at people's lives, marriages, as we look at our own marriages, we find that, that this is true. But part of the issue is we've we've gotten these insights into sex, and we've got these ideas about sex and these preconceived notions about sex from all these different areas, and and we've never asked questions about it. We've never really thought through it fully. And so we have this struggle when it comes to sex within our marriages. And is it any wonder that we see infidelity uh, continuing to rise, adultery happening, um, the rise of uh, pornography? I mean, all of these things, why is that? And I believe it comes down to this, that we have decided to leave sex out of the marriage relationship and I think we're missing the point of what sex is all about i want to start this morning by looking in Genesis chapter 2 if you have your Bible you can turn there we're going to spend a lot of time in Genesis today Genesis chapter 2 if you have a Bible great you can open it up to there if not we'll put it up here on the screens Uh, you can follow along on your journey church app take notes on your program today but here's what it says Genesis chapter 2 I'm going to read through parts of 18 through 24 It says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Verse 21. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. Verse 24. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. I just want to do a little side note here. I'm going to talk to single dudes for a moment, okay? Um, maybe if you're here and you're a single guy and you're looking for this relationship, you're, you're looking for this, this new lady in your life, and you're looking for somebody to date, you know how hard it is to kind of—those first words are so important, right? And, and you just got to say the right statement and just kind of begin the conversation. So, Guys, I've got a, I've got a line for you, okay? Here it is. You ready for this? Here's, here's what—this is good, guys. Write down. Hey— I think you have one of my ribs (laughs) think about it that's good single dudes if you use it come let me know if it works okay (laughs) anyway side note back to what we're talking about here verse 24 the two are united into one That, that word that's used here united means to cling to to keep close to hold to join fast to stick to now, if we think about Adam, here's Adam. He's here on this earth, and he's in this garden. He's naming all these animals. He's kind of like the king of this, this place, and, and he's a social being. I mean, we find that because here he is trying to connect with the animals, and that connection is not really what, what was perfect for him, and God sees this. And so what does God do? God brings in a woman into his life. And as we, we see that here and as we read these words, her part in this is so important because she is a partner to Adam she is a counterpart to Adam she is valued for who she is alone and here is God who takes this man and takes this woman and he joins them together he unites them into one Jesus uses this same quote these words in Matthew Paul uses these same words in first Corinthians the whole idea being that marriage is this incredible connection between two people joining together united together and then you look at your marriage you're like that sounds great but that's not my marriage we're so busy we've got so many things that are going on we've got our finances to worry about we're both working full-time jobs and we're traveling and all these things and you throw kids into the mix and and man this all sounds wonderful it sounds great but we don't have any time to join together we don't we don't have any time to be united And so the outcome of that in our relationship, I think, is put so well in the book, The Sex-Starved Marriage, by therapist Michelle Weiner Davis. She said, unsatisfying sexual relationships are the all-too-frequent causes of alienation, infidelity, and divorce. A sex-starved marriage is more about the fallout that occurs when one spouse is deeply unhappy with his or her sexual relationship, and this unhappiness is ignored, minimized, or dismissed. I think we underestimate the power of sex within marriage. And maybe you think about your marriage and it's stagnant or it's non-existent and you start to put all these things together. We kind of talked about this. You know, we're so busy and we've got so much going on and, and there's work and we're tired and we're worn out at the end of the day. Maybe you're just uninterested in it. Maybe you're just like, hey, I, I just don't have this sex drive. And by the way, we play this picture like men's sex drives are crazy off the charts and women have no sex drive. It, it, it's pretty even on both of those, honestly. Um, for men, we kind of act like they're all macho. Hey, guys, some, some of us in here, we, we struggle with that. And, and ladies, I know some of you in here, you got high, st- it's, it's all over the place when it comes to these sex drives that we have. But, but dependent on that relationship, dependent on who we are, maybe sometimes we just don't have it because we're just not interested in it. Maybe we don't enjoy it. And so the easiest thing to push out in our relationships is sex. When we're tired, when we're worn out, Well, maybe it's just not something we're looking forward to. And yet I think it's such an important part of marriage. And this morning we may be sitting there thinking, so if it's important, what's wrong with me? Why do I struggle with this? This morning I want to give us three views of sex because I do believe this is something we struggle with. And probably every single one of us here in some way, shape, or form struggles with this. And again, I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier. It kind of comes from what we learned. It comes from what we've heard, it comes from culture around us. So, so what is it? What, what is sex? All right, let me share these three views of sex with you this morning because I think they're so important. Here's the first one. Sex is not a physical transaction, it is a soul connection. Sex is not a physical transaction, it's a soul connection um you gotta love drive throughs at fast food restaurants right um maybe you're, you're tired uh, you're worn out uh maybe you forgot to wear pants that day I don't know what it is but you can just jump in your car and drive to the fast food restaurant and you go there and as soon as you pull up they give you like hey you would like the double whopper com- you know combo jalapeno pepper sriracha sushi chicken biscuit right and you're like no it's not what I want so you give them your order and you finish and then what happens they come on like can I take your order, please? It's like, what? You, know, you get mad. You say some words you shouldn't say, but then you finally give them your order. Well, you give them the order, and then you drive up to the next window. You give them your cash. You give them your debit card, and, and they take it. They, they do whatever they need to do there. Then they give you the food. And then what do you do? You eat that food, right? You're, you're satiated at that point in time. That is a, a transaction, a physical transaction. Here you are. You gave something. They gave something back to you. You ate it. Now you feel good about yourself until you're hungry again. Many times, that's the way we treat sex. It is just this physical transaction that takes place between two people. And sometimes in marriage we think, if I do this for you, then this is what you owe me if I take care of the kids, you owe me this. If I, if I take care of groceries, you owe me this. If I clean the house, you owe me this. And so we, we use sex so often as a physical transaction, but it's not a physical transaction. It is a soul connection. And by the way, what I'm talking about here is great for those of us that are married, and it's great for those of us that are single here today too. As you think about this in your future, sex is not this physical transaction between two people. There's so much more than that. It's a soul connection. If we go back to Genesis chapter 2, 24, it says, and the two are united into one. Notice, it doesn't say the two are united into one and then they go back to two again, right? It doesn't say that. It doesn't say the two go into one and then they become become four on each side. It doesn't say that at all. It says the two became one. They were united together. That, that, That bond that we create in that sexual interaction that we have with our spouse, it is all about our souls connecting. This isn't just some physical thing that takes place. It's everything. It's this holistic approach to who we are. It's our mental being. It's our physical being. It's our emotional being. It's our spiritual being. All these things connect in that moment together with our spouse. This is not a physical transaction that takes place where we just get what we want and we feel good about it until the next time. No, this is a soul connection that's happening. Sex is not a physical transaction. It's a soul connection here's the second view of of sex sex is not a goal it is a gift living in this area uh, many of you are where you are in your company uh, in business in the military because you are goal setters you set goals, and you accomplish those goals, and you set all these goals, and you've accomplished them in work, and you continue to do that, and that's why you move up the company ladder. That's why you keep getting these promotions. Um, and maybe you've taken that and you've, you've thrown it into your family life, and so you've got financial goals. You, you want to buy a house, and you want to buy a car, and you want to retire, and so you've set these goals in place. And so many times we can, we can turn that into our whole life, okay? And so every aspect of life becomes a goal, And so for some of us in this room, our goal when it comes to the connection with our spouse is sex. It's sex. I'm going to be real honest with you for a moment. I'm going to be very blunt. And I told you this is PG-13. For some of us in this room, that goal was an orgasm. I've never said that word before in church again, ever. And I don't think I ever will after today. But but let's just be honest. That's what we're looking for. That's the place we're trying to get to. And we've set this goal. Listen to me. Sex is not a goal to reach sex is a gift from God. If we go back and we look in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, it says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him, male and female he created them, and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. As, As we look at verse 28 here, it talks about how God created them in in God's image this is this imago dei this image of God that you and I are created in the image of God but I, I love how this this plays out because it talks about being created in the image of God and then the next thing he says what does God do God blesses them now I like to connect this to what he says next here it says be fruitful and multiply I, I like to look at that and say what is this blessing God has given them I, I think it's this gift of sex that sex is a gift that has been given to us by God. It's not some goal, some place we're trying to get to, something we're trying to accomplish. It is this incredible gift that God has given us. Sex is not a goal, it's a gift. And then the last one is this, sex is not intimacy. Sex is a part of intimacy. And at some point in time, we've, we've interchanged these two words. We, we've said that sex is equal to intimacy. Intimacy is equal to sex. It's not. Sex is a part of intimacy. Intimacy is something very different. Uh, We get a good glimpse of this in Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. I want to read this out of the ESV translation of the Bible. It says, Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain. Your translation will probably say something more to to this uh, level. It may say Adam made love or had relations or lay with or slept with Eve, his wife. When I read those translations, that is a physical transaction that's happening there. When you look at the Hebrew, the word there is actually this word new or this word yada. And so this word yada, it means no. It really means, if you look deep into it, it means this covenantal relationship or connection or bond that these two people have. This isn't about information. This isn't about data points. This is about truly knowing your spouse, truly knowing the person that you are married to. And so that word that's used there in Hebrew, new, is such a powerful, powerful word. Again, it's not a physical transaction that happens. It it is that soul connection. It it is this bond between two people. And again, I think for us, maybe the best way to put it is intimacy. That this is what this looks like. This word new here is intimacy. And intimacy is not sex. Intimacy is something that is much deeper than that. It goes much further into this relationship. It goes beyond this this physical connection with someone. I I wanna go back to the book, The Sex-Starved Marriage. Uh, Davis says, when it's good, it offers couples opportunities to give and receive physical pleasure, okay, to connect emotionally and spiritually. It builds closeness, intimacy, and a sense of partnership. It defines the relationship as different from all others. In short, sex is a powerful tie that binds. Sex is more than just this physical transaction. It encompasses everything about us. And when we treat sex as, as less than being intimate, then, then we are missing the point. We have made it into this transaction, or this goal, but it's not. It's a gift. It's a soul connection. And it is a part of what it means to be intimate. And intimacy is so important within the relationships that we have when it comes to marriage. Now, when I think about that word intimacy, what comes to, to mind for me is love. Um, we, we've talked before about the Greek word for love. If you watched the Super Bowl this last week, New, um, New York Life did a, did a commercial, and they use these Greek words for for love, and probably all these pastors were like geeking out because, oh, we talk about it at that church. So with love, with Greek words or Greek language, there, there's a, a lot of um, different words that you can use there. The Hebrew is very similar to that, but there's a specific word that they use in Hebrew for, for much of love, and it's this word ahava. And ahava means love, but here's the crazy part. When you look at that word there, those first four letters, uh, A-H-A-V, they actually mean to give. And so when you think about love and you think about intimacy, it, it, isn't that what it's all about? It's about us giving. Now, this is not the kind of giving where you expect something in return. This is the kind of giving that, that you give, and the expectation is there's nothing coming back, that you're being selfless in this kind of love that you have. And when I think about intimacy with, with my wife, with Kara, I, I think about that's what, that's what it looks like. It looks like this kind of love to be able to give all that I am to her, not expecting anything in return from her. Because there's this incredible love that's there. There's this incredible bond of intimacy that's there. And the aftermath of that is, is sex. Now, my wife said, if you say anything about our sexual relationship today, you're never getting it ever again. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to stay away from that today. I'm going to talk about you guys. Um, no, but, but that's the point here is understanding the intimacy that we have with our spouse, which should lead us to this incredible life of sex. So what does this look like to live this house? What, what is this, this part of intimacy, this love? What does it look like to give and not expect anything in return? I, I want to share with you five practical things that you can do within your marriage to help you when it comes to the, adding sex in, into it, Okay. So everybody write these down so nobody's not like, why aren't they writing it down? I'm writing these down. You, everybody write these down. Put them in your, your phone, whatever you got to do. Here are these five things that I honestly believe if we want to get to this place of fully experiencing what God has intended for sex within marriage and this part of intimacy and what love really is like, these are five things we can do. There are more. You can add your own. You don't have to agree with these at all. That's fine. Here's the first one. Schedule it. Schedule sex. Now, I know some of you are like, what? This should be something that just kind of free flows, and it's awesome, and it's great. How many times do you actually do that? Because you'll say in the morning, "Hey, today is the day." And the evening comes, you're like, "Shoo!" You're like, "You're too tired and worn out, right?" Schedule it. Look, you look on your calendar right now. You got some really dumb things scheduled on your calendar. Can we be honest? Because I know I do. And if you d- schedule it, even if it's dumb, you're going to make it happen. Schedule it. Put it on your calendar. Here's the other great part: if you know it's coming, here's what you're going to do there's some anticipation there, right? And it gives you an opportunity for some foreplay, whatever that looks like for you. We don't want to know, but whatever that looks like for you, as you kind of work up until that moment, and and then you've got that moment together, make sure you take the time to schedule it, because if you don't, and it's missing now, you, you won't make it happen. Schedule sex. Here's the second thing. This one's gonna be really weird. Have a fun jar. Um, so here's the idea behind this one a sex therapist a Christian sex therapist talked about this so I thought it was fair to share so I'm gonna share it with you I'm gonna look down the whole time so I don't have to look at your eyes but um, you get a jar okay you get some pieces of paper and both you and your spouse write down some things that you would like to try fantasize about with, within your marriage relationship okay now here's what you have to understand This has to be mutually agreed upon, okay? Now, it doesn't have to be when you write them down. You write these things down. You put them in a jar. Hide the jar so nobody finds the jar, okay? Know exactly where it is. Put it away. But maybe once a month, twice a month, you pull the jar out and you pull out something. You're like, hey, wow, that's interesting. This is what you want to try. You know what? Um, Can we talk about that a little bit? You have to mutually agree on this. But if you're looking for a little spice, this could be the one thing that helps spice it up a little bit. Uh, again, this has to be mutually agreed upon, but I think a fun jar could, could, could be fun. Who knows? Um, the third thing: invest. Again, this isn't a physical transaction, this isn't a goal. This is an investment. This is an investment in your relationship. I talk over and over again about the importance of the book, "The Five Love Languages." Um, many of you in this room, you have, you have read that book, you 've taken that test, you know your love language, you know your spouse's love language. I can tell you from my experiences with Kara and I, that was a game changer in our marriage because then I finally understood this is how she feels loved and she knows how I feel loved. And you know what? We try to make that important to us within the relationship. I try to say, hey, I'm gonna help you with this because I know this is how you feel loved. And she says, hey, I'm gonna help you with this because I know this is how you feel loved. This is a great way to invest in your spouse, to to know more about them, to, to see how God has created them. So invest in them, not, not just in the bedroom, invest in them every single day, every moment. And so make sure you're investing in your spouse. Here's the fourth one, be in the moment. I, I know that when we don't schedule it and we rush into it and you know, we're there together, um, sometimes minds are elsewhere, Right? And many times, I'm stereotyping here, many times men are like in the moment, and women are thinking about uh, the kids and things tomorrow and work and and all over the place. I know it's hard. One of the best things that we can do, though, is to truly be in the moment together. How do we do this? Uh, Maybe you set the mood for the the time that you're together and maybe it's candles or lights or music or rose petals whatever it may be for you set the set the stage to be in that moment here's the other thing that i would tell you to do as you kind of think through this um part of being in the moment is turning off your phone all right um put your phone to the side turn it off uh man you're 30 seconds you're gonna be done you'll be good right so don't worry about i'm just joking um (laughs) 30 minutes, whatever it is you need, just just turn that stuff off. The world's not gonna end. And if it does, it's gonna end for all of us at the same time. So just put it away, turn off your notifications because if it's on, you're gonna gonna check it. You're gonna be waiting for something. Don't don't do that. Take your smartwatch off. You don't need to see how many calories you're burning. All right, put that away. (laughs) Here's the worst part. Sometimes your smartwatch calls your mom. So you're together and you're doing things. Mom's like, hello, hello, what's going on over there? everybody okay? Um, You don't want that to happen either. Just put all that stuff away. Be in that moment with your spouse. And here's the last one. And this is the most important part of marriage in general, uh, but especially when it comes to sex, communicate. Communicate, 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 communicate. You can never over communicate with your spouse. And and so ladies, that means affirming your husband. Guys kind of act macho like we don't like words of affirmation. We actually do. We need to, to hear that you love us and you care about us and, you know, no matter what we look like, we're, we're kind of sexy to you. I mean, we need to hear that. And, and gentlemen, ladies need to hear that all the time. Part, part of the reason there's a struggle with marriage is sometimes ladies have this defined way of the way that they see themselves and the way culture sees themselves. And, and, and so there's the struggle there. Communicate that. Talk about that. This is so important. Hey, can we turn the lights out? Hey, can we turn them down? Can Can we do that? just communicate. Communicate in general when it comes to your marriage, but when it comes to sex, make sure you're talking about it. If you're not communicating about it, I promise you, you're not doing it, all right? Communicate it. Have this conversation. Part of it is the fear of rejection. Part of it is the fear of, do I look the way that my spouse wants me to look? You got to have these conversations, and you think well, that's going to be hard. And it may be hard for the very first couple of times you do this. But over time, you're going to find it's going to bring this, this ease and this, this smoothness to this, this connection that you're making with your spouse. And so communicate with your spouse when it comes to something like sex. But communicate all the time, even beyond, even beyond that. Like these are just five ways that I think can help us when it comes to hacking marriage and the sexual part in that relationship. Again, I am not a sex therapist, okay? And maybe for you, there are some things from your past that you have struggled with and experiences that you've had, and that's coming to your marriage bed. Um, I cannot stress enough the importance of counseling. Um, We are pro-counseling church here. Um, the way that you can get information on that with our, our Safe Harbor connection, you can email Alyssa, E-L-I-S-S-A, at thejourneynova.org. You can email me, chat at thejourney.org. Uh, we'll get you connected with Alyssa. She'll get you connected with Safe Harbor. Man, we want to see healthy, strong marriages. And one of the best ways we can have healthy, strong marriages is to have this connection sexually with our, with our spouse. Uh, maybe some of us in here, we need a sex therapist. I, I, I haven't found a good Christian sex therapist locally here. I'm still trying to find that. But maybe your starting point is with Safe Harbor, and then we can kind of go beyond that. I'm working on doing that. But, uh, but maybe you just need a sex therapist to chat with, to, to help you through these things. It's so important because I believe this is a gift from God. And if we want to enjoy this gift, the best thing we can do is to make sure this is a part of our our relationship. Now, I'm not trying to get you more sex, okay, if that's what you're thinking here today. I'm not trying to do that at all. What I'm trying to do is help us get to this healthy place within our marriages, because sex is such an important part of it. Such an important part of it. Um, As we head into our time of communion this morning, I want to kind of want to bring all this stuff together here and I know that may sound weird but when we talk about intimacy um, we have to get to this place where we are intimate with God now now because we've we've jacked up the word intimacy and we connect it with sex for a lot of people they struggle when it talk, we talk about intimacy with God we're not talking about the same thing okay Intimacy is this full knowledge of who God is, this connection to God, this experience with God. You and I have got to get to a place where we are intimate with God. God knows us, right? It, it, we go back to that word, New Hebrew. God knows us. God fully knows us. And God, if we go to that love word, God did the ultimate gift. God did the ultimate give by giving His Son to us. Do you want to have an incredible marriage? Do you want to have a marriage that's full of love and laughter and the soul connection? Do you want to have a marriage where sex is an important part of it? But it's not everything, but it is an important part of it. Here's what you do. You begin with God. And you start by following Christ. Wherever you may be within your relationships right now, whether it's your marriage or maybe you're single and you kind of struggle with this right now. Hey, here's the best part. There's so much grace that God has given us through his son Jesus. That that we can be made whole again whole again. We we can be redeemed and and that we can have incredible relationships, especially in marriage. I'm gonna